Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast. My name is DJ Short and I'm back here with my co-host Drew Silva. We're live on Twitch right now, so welcome to our audience there. If you're listening in podcast form or watching later on YouTube, we're recording Thursday, September 15th, right around 8.30 Eastern time. And sort of like the previous two weeks, uh, this episode is focused on current fantasy-related headlines around MLB as well as some streaming starting pitcher options to close out the show. Uh, Drew, I saw you were at the Cardinals game yesterday for the the Yachty-Wainwright combo, record-setting combo there. Uh, pretty cool night to be in attendance, I would think. Yeah, it was a blast. Shout out to my friend David Leonard, who's a listener to this podcast, for inviting me like 11th row behind the visitor's dugout. Uh, yeah, gr- great crowd. Really cool <clears throat> night. Really cool to be on hand for that. I actually, a uh, little show and tell for our. This is like a com- commemorative rally towel that they gave out. Awesome, that's cool. And uh, like a Budweiser Best Buds <laughs> can with that's Yachty and Wayno on there. And that is awesome. It was uh, really cool. Yeah, forty-seven-year-old record that was previously held by Bill Freehan and Mickey Lolich of the the '60s and '70s Tigers. And I, I think it's a record that probably won't ever be broken. Yeah. Because I, of, I, yeah, I mean, to have, I mean, it's, when did it start? I guess 2005 was the first probably, time. Probably, yeah, around there, yeah. Or I, I know that they were both on the 2004 team briefly, but I don't think they ever were paired together. Um, I seem to recall 2006, something happening there, but I could be wrong. No. <laughs> yeah um just man Derek gould pulled put out a tweet a couple weeks ago and, and i've seen it before but since yadier molina made his debut in 04 um the cardinals have like been out of contention for all of 37 days yeah you know and and i was a junior in high school in, in 04 i was you know a freshman when albert pools arrived and I mean, that's just, that's kind of why like my Cardinals fandom just like runs really deep um, because they're, they've just been relevant. I moved to the city in 1996, 97 um, and McGuire came that year. So it's just, it's been, it's been really cool. And it's awesome that it's happening on a team that is running away with the AL central and, you know, and that those guys are playing a big part. I know that Yachty has right. been kind of away from the team and not had a great year, but he's picked it up in September. Yeah, um, and we know that he's capable of, you know, 
hitting the ball the other way in, in clutch situations. Not not much of a power threat these days, but yeah, it's it was a really it was really cool to be there and to be able to celebrate that whole thing. And and they won too, which which is always good. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the most likely combo, let's say it's 2040, which is 20 <laughs> years from now. It would be 2042, actually, which actually makes me want to cry. Uh, but we have Adley Rushman and maybe uh, Grayson Rodriguez. Okay. I can buy I it. Mean, think about who could be a catcher 20 years from now who's right. you know, either a prospect or well, yeah, currently I mean, playing. Second on that list right now is Kyle Hendricks and w- w- Wilson Contreras. And I think they're at like 80 or something. Um, yeah. And Contreras is going to leave for in free agency most likely, and we'll see how m- much longer Hendricks pitches. There are just so many factors involved with free agency and injuries and trades that it, it no, seems yeah. really, really unlikely. Um, I mean, th- what is the most unbreakable baseball? It's probably like Cy Young's loss total. What is that, like 350-something? Because yeah. no no pitcher is going to – if if you're racking up 350 losses, like you're not going to have – a 22-year career like like Cy Young had, Ripken I mean, obviously. That's definitely true. Yeah, Ripken because I mean, even it's irresponsible. In, in truth, it doesn't make sense to play no every day. Like just the way teams are run now, I don't really see that happening. Yeah. Um, nor is it a good thing for your body. No, it's it's actually yeah, it's kind of dumb honestly to yeah. to play that many games straight. Cy, Cy, the, the answer might be Cy Young though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Three great words. Free Fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Valid one time on Fridays and participating in McDonald's through 1231.24. Excludes tax. Must update rewards. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, Major League Baseball, the NASCAR circuit, and in the Premier League. We also have $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Bears and Packers in our Sunday Night 7 contest. So definitely get in on that. So I think uh, we should start out talking about some of these uh, September. I forgot that I have standouts. a Yadier Molina Tumblr too for our fans on Twitch. This was all from yesterday. <laughs> no, that that was a giveaway earlier this year. Um, okay. They had a red and white one actually. I got the red one, but then I bought 
the white one from a lady. Don't ask me how much I bought it for. <laughs> well, there's right now there's a, there's been a three part giveaway of bobbleheads um, with the Mets at City Field. They they're giving they gave, already gave away Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling, and they're I believe they're giving away Gary Gary Cohen this weekend, and you can combine them all right and that's like cool. lock them in together. I would love to get that off like eBay, but it's probably going to be like hundred dollars each or yeah. something. You see that anytime there's a giveaway at, at Bush stadium, there's dudes with stacks of them that like, I guess they buy standing room only tickets and just keep going in and out and grabbing them. It's a lot of hoarding and then they'll sell it on eBay for like 50 bucks a piece or something. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, so let's get into these September standouts. The first one I wanted to talk about is O'Neill Cruz with the pirates. So, which is interesting because about 10 minutes ago, um, the Mets are playing the Pirates. So O'Neill Cruz swung and missed them badly and then launched his bat into uh, right behind the first base dugout. And he looked and then he, he kind of looked concerned like, oh, man, I lost my bat. But then he didn't look where it landed. He just walked. And I was kind of like, oh, that's a little bit weird. But there's. I tweeted out a picture of, uh, I guess, a security guard or an usher. <laughs> Just his face was so hilarious. You, you'll have to see the video. I'm sure it's going to be everywhere over the next 24 hours. But uh, Cruz has been great recently. I'm really picking it up at the plate. Um, it was kind of inconsistent prior to that. We know all the headlines about, you know, the exit velocity, uh, his strong arm, the speed, all that, the whole package. But he hit 197 over his first 53 games with a 644 OPS. But over his last 17 games, going into play on Thursday, uh, hitting 296 with 11 extra base hits, uh, five of those home runs, 16 RBIs, 634 slugging percentage. Uh, this is over his last 17 games. Obviously, you know, I, I think probably needed a little bit of adjustment time here. Um I still think there are flaws in mm -hmm. the approach. He has a 26 to four strikeout to walk ratio, even during this uh, hot streak here. So basically still striking out about a third of the time while not really drawing any walks at all. Um, also has a 400 batting average on balls in play during this hot streak. I feel like he's going to be a very difficult player to rank going into drafts next year because the upside is so high, but the flaws are so obvious. Yeah. I wonder what you think. Yeah. I mean, kind of echo your analysis. Like he was 0 for 4 with four strikeouts uh, on Wednesday against the Reds. Nick Lodolo, um, who's been really great lately too. We'll get into that. Yeah. It was making him look pretty foolish. And then they pull Lodolo from the game and he hits a bomb. Um, there's <laughs> yep. there's going to be a lot of that. Uh, and he's he's young, but you see the exit velocities, the speed, how big of a dude he is. I I mean, I, I think the sky is the limit for what he can be fantasy, real life for the Pirates as they try to turn this long rebuild into, into something um, and get the fans back in the, in the stadium there at PNC Park. I mean, he's he's got all the tools that you would want. I, like, does he stick at shortstop? I don't know. Maybe he would make for a, a good outfielder. Um, with that arm and just his body, but I, the, he's the total package in, in terms of raw tools, and he's kind of putting it together now. At least, like the numbers have been really good over the last couple of weeks, really since like the final week of August. Um, yeah, I, Chris Crawford on our final Sunday 
waiver wire Q and a show asked me if he would be within the, it, he gave it an over under of an ADP of 120. And I said under, I think he's a top 100 guy. Yeah. I think it's, so. it's hard for me to say that without like actually, you know, breaking out a full rankings list, but that seems right to me. I mean, I think people are going to buy into this and, he's a very projectable player in terms of power and speed for fantasy purposes. The parallel I would make as far as coming into drafts this year would maybe be like jazz Chisholm, mm. where you saw the flaws, but you also see the pop and the speed and the hard contact that he, he made uh, Cruz is on a different level, obviously um, where with the way that he hits the ball as hard as he hits it, it's not crazy to think that he can run high Babips year after year. Exactly. I don't think gonna, not 400 by any means, but can he be a 240, 250 hitter next year? I think that's very possible. And if he plays a full season and he could hit 30 homers, I yep. think. And he's, he's been hitting lead off a bunch too. I, I don't know if that's the right spot for him, but no. you, know, you look at the Pirates lineup, it's – I guess yeah. it makes sense right now. I, mean, I, I think he he I think he's like a number three hitter, or even a cleanup yeah. man. Um, if if they can get some some more on base types, you know Brian Reynolds will be around. Rodolfo Castro has looked good since they brought him back up. Cabrian yeah. Hayes has kind of been a, a letdown, but I think he could certainly take a step forward next year. Uh, Cal Mitchell has been intriguing at times. I, I think he's have had like a really good last week or so. Um, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think he's a top 100 pick next year, and I I feel like I can say that pretty confidently. Yeah, I don't know where that falls among fantasy shortstops because there's mm-hmm. still there's still so many good ones, and uh, Dansby Swanson's had a good year to kind of jump up a tier yeah. uh, among shortstops. Wander Franco will hopefully be healthy for a full season. So, I mean, shortstop's still an extremely deep position. Well, here's a question: um, Does Cruz go before Wander Franco? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, but. I think there's just a safer floor with Franco if healthy. Um, even if he doesn't have maybe the power upside or the speed upside, but I think batting average is going to be pretty safe. Even though he struggled this year, I think he's hitting mm-hmm. like 260 something. But he had the hamate bone and, and another injury before that. So, yeah. I, did we talk about this last week? I, I'll I'll love to be able yeah to be able to get Wander Franco like late much later than he went this spring. I would think. Um, yeah, I, I would love that. I those counting stats are going to pop eventually. Like he's too good of a player. So another player I wanted to talk about who honestly was pretty much off the radar for me. I saw that he had been running a bit, but not really someone I was counting on in a standard mixed league. Uh, Rangers rookie Bubba Thompson has been insane recently. <laughs> Uh, he's, he was called up about a month and a half ago. I think it was early August. So 37 games. And in that time he's 15 for 17 and stolen bases. He's hitting 278 with 331 on base percentage. No real power so far. Uh, but he did show some pop in the minors this year Had 13 homers hit 304 had 49 steals over 80 games as well in triple A. And if you remember a, f- a few years ago, Thompson was actually like a top 100 prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't really worked out for him since then. He's certainly the star has faded a little bit, but he's playing himself into an opportunity here where he could be 
you know, an opening day starting lineup type of player for the Rangers next season, I think. Yeah, I, I don't see why he, he wouldn't be like their yeah. opening day left fielder. That's primarily where he's been playing lately. He could play center too, like, as you mentioned, a, a very fast athletic dude. Um yeah, I mean, I think there are some definitely some flaws here. He had a 304 batting average in the minors. I think some of that is is speed based, and yeah. uh, that that doesn't always translate to the major league level. Like there are a lot of these guys who are very fast in the minors um, and can't do a whole lot else once they reach the majors. I think Bubba Thompson is going to be better than that. Um, he is 24 now. Like, yeah, he was drafted out of high school. Was that in 2017? A first round pick. So it took a, a little while for him to get it going. But um, I think we talked about the Rangers' offensive core last week, too. Like, they've got to feel pretty good about what they have with Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon obviously aren't going anywhere. Nathaniel Lowe has been tremendous going on, like, three months. And Adolis Garcia has has put up numbers this year, too. So he fits into that nicely. I, I, he's been batting ninth a ton. Like, does he kind of – is he able to move up the lineup spot? I don't know if he's ever going to be, like, a great on-base guy, but – Right. Um, yeah, should be an, an. I think he'll be an opening day starter for them um, next year, and like a great guy to target as a late speed option in drafts. I think, and he, I think if yeah. you needs if you need steals right now, like let's say you're even in a head to head playoff situation. Yeah. I'm in one league right now where it's twelve teams, and my opponent this week actually picked up Bubba Thompson. I think on Monday he stole two bases, so my opponent's already beating me like five to one in steals. But I mean, he can be that kind of difference maker even right now in a more shallow mixed league. So definitely keep him in mind because clearly the, clearly the Rangers are just giving him a, the green light to run. So. Why not? They got to see what they have, you know, and I mean, they're not playing for this, this season, obviously. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about Nick Lodolo um, at the start of the show here. Uh, but he has really been incredible and if, he started out this season pretty okay. And then he got hurt for a bit, um, but it's really settled in nicely uh, of late it has a two seven, two ERA 49 strikeouts, just six walks over his last uh, six starts. So this includes back to back 11 strikeouts, zero walk starts. He's the uh, fourth left-hander in major league baseball since 1901 with 11 strikeouts and zero walks and consecutive starts. And this group of pitchers is pretty amazing. So the other three are Chris Sale, Clayton Kershaw, and Randy Johnson. Man, <laughs> I mean, that is a that is the company you want to be in. Yeah, he's looked awesome. He's got nasty stuff. Yeah, the um, curveball is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And the Reds have Hunter Green coming back. I think he'll pitch Saturday in one half of a doubleheader against the Cardinals. So you know, they're pitching. I liked their young pitching staff coming into the year. I know that like Vladimir Gutierrez was kind of a flop, and is or he had Tommy John surgery, I believe, right? Um, Justin Dunn has had all sorts of shoulder problems. Raver San Martin has been a big disappointment and is now pitching in relief. Um, but yeah, Ladolo looks like man. Pitching in Great American Ballpark can be rough, but is he a top? 25 now is he a top 30 Could, can he fit like right into the top 30 maybe let's go top 40 starter going into top next, 40 yes but yeah. like the upsides there for top 30 i'm sure he's going to be like a big time like breakout candidate yeah. mentioned going into drafts next year where he won't be a sleeper anymore now he'll basically. be like an, an industry sleeper that everyone ta- is talking about <laughs> yeah I, I think the the challenges are like you said great american ballpark 
the Reds lineup is probably going to be awful because yeah. I don't think they're going to do anything to try to compete uh, going into next year. So that could be problematic from a fantasy perspective, but uh, the stuff looks great. Um, the curveball, I believe, has one of the highest swing and miss rates in the majors among curveballs. Um, I think it's over like 40, over 40% uh, on the curveball. Um, his four seamer gets a lot of swings and misses too. Uh, also throws a sinker. Um, yeah, he has arsenal, the arsenal. Yeah. yeah, he has a nice arsenal. Uh, the stuff's legit. So I think he's a name that, you know, not a lot of people are paying attention to the Reds right now, but he's a name that we should definitely uh, get acquainted with as, as the uh, off season moves along and we start planning for, for next season, which we'll start thinking about very soon, actually, because yep, we yep. will be writing our annual magazine probably starting in November. So yep, that's, that's, uh, that's, I'm looking forward to it. Actually, this season has been a bit of a grind. I can't wait for October, like to just to watch yeah. baseball instead of like having to think on it too much, like just to kind of enjoy it. I mean, we still continue to write and we're going to continue to do podcasts, but it, it's always enjoyable when you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, that Reds lineup right now, like their lineup tonight is TJ Friedel, Jonathan India, who's not had a great year coming off rookie of the year last year, Kyle Farmer, Jake Fraley, Donovan Solano, Aristides Aquino, Nick Senzel, Spencer Steer, and Austin Romine. Yeah, if you want to stream, <laughs> go and for I mean, that. Yeah, they're going to get – I mean, they still owe Mike Moustakis a bunch of money. They're going to get Joey Votto back, but what will he be? Pushing 40, right? Um I guess I mean I don't know. It's it's look Tyler Stevenson I think is is going to be a very valuable fantasy catcher for a long time if he can stay healthy. But yeah, if they don't trade him, I mean they yeah that's true. Good. Yep. Um, So uh, let's talk about Julio Rodriguez for a second. So on Wednesday he hit his 25th homer of the season. Uh, So joins the 25 25 club, which is apparently a thing. Uh, but that's significant because he is just the third rookie in history to have at least 25 steals and 25 homers in their first season. Uh, the other two are Chris Young in 2007, Mike Trout in 2012. Uh, those guys actually got a little bit of time in the season before that. Right. So Rodriguez is the first one to do it in his you know, debut season, basically. But you know, any metric you, you go by, Rodriguez is incredibly impressive. I don't know if you saw the end of that Mariners Braves game on, on, on Sunday? Sunday. Yeah. Wild. So that Homer that Rodriguez hit to tie it up against Kenley Jansen, that was a rocket, a missile off his bat. That was incredibly impressive. Yeah, man. He's batting 404 with a 1200 OPS so far in September. Just keeps getting better and better. Um, man, is he a top? He's a he's a first round pick next year, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he feels undeniable. Like the talent is there. I mean, the the Mariners gave him that crazy contract extension, which I've like read through the details sometimes, and I still don't really understand how it all works. But either. it can max out <laughs> at like eight eighteen years, four hundred something million dollars. It's like seven years, one hundred twenty million guaranteed. But there's a ton of escalators, and it's like an NFL style contract almost. I bet you Chris Crawford could tell us all of the details. Yeah, he probably could. He, he probably just <laughs> pours over it at, at home <laughs> on, on Saturday nights. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, he, he, the, the power of the speed, um, he is 
he's got all the tools you'd want, and he's still so young, man. I mean, he, he doesn't turn 22 years old until after Christmas, Crazy. December 29th. And what was interesting about the game on Sunday, so that top of the ninth inning, the Braves came back. I believe they hit two home runs in that inning, and it was a, either a four- or five-run ninth inning. And so the Mariners are coming off the field. You'd think they'd be, like, deflated. Um, you know, that is a gut-punch, heartbreaker type of situation. But Julio was like smiling, and as he's coming off the field, kind of just like, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Like, don't worry about it." And, yep. and that was really cool to see. That's intangible stuff that like you can't put numbers on. But I, I mean, I believe in in the human element of baseball, and I, I think yeah, he just makes the whole team better with his energy and obviously yeah, what he what he can yeah what he can do yeah it is you're right it's it's vibes um, yeah and he's he's been awesome. So Julio has uh, he has 25 steals right now, but it has just six since the start of July. I wonder, I wonder how he's going to mature as far as that's concerned. Like, it, if he's considered more of like a slugger, is he not going to run as much? I don't know. But to me, I, I'm really toying with the idea that he is the number one dynasty player in a dynasty league. I would maybe take him over anyone right now. Hmm. I can't disagree with that because Tatis is, you know, suspended to start next year, but also has been, you know, injury prone on and off the field. Juan Soto is great when he's right, but do do we need to talk about him? (laughs) We're good. Yeah. We'll get to him in a minute, but he struggled this year. He doesn't run, Mm -hmm. which is a big, you know, that's a big thing. We're talking dynasty league. Um, Ronald Lacuna Jr. has not been great this year. Maybe another year removed from the knee surgery. It's different. Um, and Shohei Otani, it just depends on your league setup. It's kind of hard to really uh, say where he should rank. But to me, I think Rodriguez is the is the top choice right now. I would agree that like eventually we, maybe those steals come down. But again, he's 21 years old. I think there are several seasons where you can bank on 20 plus steals and he might yeah. spike and get 35 one year. I mean, that, that could, I mean, he, he could approach that this season and, yeah. you know, I, uh, he's missed a little bit of time too. So I, playing a full 160 games or something, 159 games, he could be a, a, a you know, a 35, 35 kind of player, maybe even like 40, 40. I would like love it. to see a 40 40. I know. When was the last? Was it Matt Kemp? Was he the last 40 40? Was it Soriano? Or I guess Kemp would have been after that. I don't know if Kemp was actually 40. I yeah, I don't think he was. I think there's only four members, right? Look it up. We should so, do a so little we don't, research here. We don't sound dumb. We need a fact uh, checker. Oh, Kemp came up one home yeah, run. Yeah, that's right. Shy. I remember that. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, there's four there's Canseco. In, in 1988, Barry Bonds in 1996, A-Rod in 1998, and Alfonso Soriano was the last one in 2006. Nailed it. Um, yeah, and the the Ronald Lacuna Jr. actually had 41 homers and 37 steals in 2019, and Matt Kemp had 39 home runs and 40 steals in 2011. So, But he's that kind of player. Yep. He is. It's surprising that Mike Trout never got that close because he should, used to I run mean, a lot should julio rodriguez be number one overall in fantasy like not not even dynasty in a redraft league 
he might he might be going into next year if you think about it. I mean, unless you think Acuna is going to, you know, bounce back and be you know stronger going into next year, I think you could make a case that he's number one next year. I, I guess yeah, we'll see where Trey Turner winds up. I guess Trey Turner, yeah. I, Trey I, Turner is a I good don't know. call. I, he might be man. It might be Julio. I can't wait to see what Matthew. Uh, Pulling yeah. Is he going to be the cover boy for our magazine? Who was it? Was it Bo Bichette this year? It was Bo Bichette. And he's which, turned it on finally. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's doing a whole season's worth of production in September. So Dude. he's making us look good. He's going to win AL player of the week back to back. Yeah. He's been that good. He's yeah. been that good. So, and he's also doing it during playoff time for fantasy leagues, exactly. which, is, which is more than we can say for actually for Juan Soto, which is the perfect lead in here. So, uh, Soto, I, shocking how bad he's been. Yeah. Um, over his last 14 games, he has just three hits and 44 at bats. That's an 068 batting average, zero extra base hits, one RBI. Um, that's in his last 14 games. And if you go overall with the Padres, 34 games, he's hitting 209 with three home runs and a 716 OPS. And like seven now, RBIs. Yeah, so not exactly what the Padres thought they were going to get. And it's still possible that the Padres will miss the playoffs altogether. Yeah, I mean, the, the Brewers have played a little bit better lately. I mean, they, they could totally catch the Padres. like, yeah. or, the, or the Phillies could collapse. There's, there's a lot still to be decided with less than three weeks left to go. Soto's still, you know, getting on base at an okay clip overall. Yeah. I think we're accustomed to that. He's going to draw a lot of walks, but the Padres have to be kind of scratching their head about this. I don't. It doesn't seem like there's any sort of injury, and you know, it's not like a huge sample size. This could just be a little slump, yeah. but this sample size, this slump is coming at a really bad time for the Padres and for fantasy managers who were hoping that he would you know, be an RBI machine down the stretch moving into that better offense. And yeah, um, he just hasn't been, I don't think, I mean, we, we don't expect like immense power from him all the time. Um, you know, he's, he's sometimes like a more valuable real life player than he is in fantasy, but he has been bad in, in both senses. He's a dude that could turn it on in a flash though, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I, I, there's there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, just hopefully this clicks at some point soon because time is running out. But this kind of begs the question about strategy at this time of the year in fantasy leagues. There's some leagues where you're like, it's so deep that you're like, yeah, you got to start Juan Soto. But let's say if you're in a shallower league and it's like a head-to-head kind of thing. If you have a veteran who is really struggling and you have like a Bubba Thompson who has been – Mm. on fire and stealing bases. Do you, I don't know, even for just a day or two, toy with your lineup a little bit and just see what happens? Yeah, I was going to say. Or do you stick with Soto? It it helps if it's a daily, like you're in a league where you can set your lineup on a daily basis because in a week long, I don't know. Either way, I'm probably going to start Juan Soto and just, you know, you you bet on the, the true talent in fantasy and I, I, I would say Soto is more talented than a Bubba Thompson, unless you really need steals. Then obviously you go that direction. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point in a head-to-head league, if you're in the middle of the week and you know you're trailing in steals by a couple, you may start Thompson over whoever. It might be your third outfielder, 
uh, whatever the case may be. But I, I generally agree, like, with the big-time superstars, I would still play them no matter what. Uh, but with, like, kind of the fringier players, I would take a shot on maybe a hot hand uh, yeah. instead and just see kind of see what happens. Because to me, I'm not too tied to, you know, the, the big name or the draft position or anything at this time of year. It's just, can you get me the numbers that I need? You got to be aggressive um, when you're – Dealing in a small sample size, like remember the 2020 season. Like, if a guy's str- struggling, you got to make the move. Like, you, you got to do it. But again, I, I think I would. I think I'm counting on Juan Soto to figure it out. The thing is, like, the Padres can't really give him the old like mental break. You know, they can't sit him for two days because they they need him. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of <laughs> waiting it out like we are and, and hoping this finally eventually pops and. Um, he can help them get in, get that wild card, and and hopefully, you know, shine in October. So good news for fantasy managers and Rays fans on Thursday. Shane McClanahan made his return against the Blue Jays. Uh, he missed uh, just about the minimum on the injured list with the left shoulder mm-hmm. impingement. Uh, the Rays won eleven to nothing, uh, and McClanahan, McClanahan threw five scoreless innings. Uh, was throwing a hundred miles an hour, so I mean he's. He's good. He allowed just three hits, five strikeouts, one walk. Uh, exactly what the Rays could have hoped for as they look ahead to the postseason. Uh, I think McClanahan at this point probably out of the mix for the AL Cy Young Award. I think it's either Verlander or Cease. But, um, I mean, Rays fans have to be psyched, and I think fantasy managers can just roll with McClanahan moving forward. Yeah, he looked great. And Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times said before the game they were only planning on him going four or five innings, and um, he covered those with ease. And the dude is just so nasty. I, I was trying to look up what the the odds are right now for American League Cy Young. Verlander at minus one twenty five, uh, Cease at plus one hundred five, and then Framber Valdez is actually in third, but that's at plus yeah. fifteen hundred. Um, yeah, what does he have? Twenty four consecutive quality starts. Or am I thinking I think of? So, yeah. Am I thinking of a wrong, the wrong Astros pitcher? I don't know. Sometimes those guys blend together a bit, but yeah, I, I mean, think uh, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Actually, yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, Verlander's supposed to come back on Friday against the A's, and it seems like he will. It was just like a minor calf strain, and if he comes back, he's got probably three more starts. I would say maybe they kind of slow him down once they clinch the AL West, which they can do pretty shortly here i think as soon as this weekend maybe um then or now it would be like next week i think their magic number is nah, whatever it is but yeah i mean verlander coming back if he comes back on friday against the a's and he's probably going to dominate them I, he's going to run away with the cy young award i think um but hey cease has been good too yeah and yeah mcclanahan looks sharp this afternoon so max scherzer is also on his way back mm-hmm. uh he, of course, he missed a bunch of time with an oblique strain earlier this summer. I think it was about six weeks. Uh, this time, he's hoping to return as soon as he's eligible, uh, which should be on Monday against the Brewers in Milwaukee. Uh, he threw 59 pitches over three and two-thirds innings uh, in a rehab start with AAA Syracuse on Wednesday. Um, you know, Checked out well. Uh, Buck Showalter said he'll be ready to go Monday, so it seems like he uh, should be back and you know, after throwing 59 pitches in that rehab start, I think he'll probably throw around 80, 85, knowing Max Scherzer's going to yeah. want to throw 100 um, right away. Um, 
I would probably run him out there in fantasy leagues right away, even in a even in a playoff situation. Absolutely, yeah. Is what, what is his first start going to be against? It's it's like early Brewers. next week. Yeah, right. Yeah, Monday against the Brewers. Yeah, in and Milwaukee. The, the Brewers lineup is not great. I mean, Christian Yelich has picked it up a little bit, and Hunter Renfro, when he's healthy, can hit bombs. But um, yeah, I would. I, of course, you're going to start Max Scherzer, right? And I guess that would that lineup as a two start week for him as well. Yeah, I think I think uh, and Oakland, Mets, yeah, Oakland, yeah, the Oakland is the second part of that, which then, is a uh, yeah, that's yeah. a yes, <laughs> that's a yes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think I would hesitate starting Scherzer because no, not at all. Um, so let's get into these uh, weekend streamers before we go. We each have a couple of them. Drew, you can go first. Uh, Glenn Otto versus the Rays on Sunday. This is a dude who is ranked as a you know has ranked as a top prospect in the past. Um, he's been pretty up and down so far in the majors, but, um, I think you're kind of in, in desperation mode and, um, he's, he's pitched okay at times. And I, I feel like the Rays offense, I don't know. I, I always kind of underestimate the Rays. Like you look at their lineup and it's like, how is this team? And even like you look at their rotation, I know there's a lot of good numbers in there, but I, I, I feel like that lineup should be, you know, nav navigable. And he's pitched pretty well in September. I think he went, what, six innings last time out at Miami, two runs, um, had an eight strikeout game at the beginning of this month. So he can miss some bats. And I just, I, I kind of like the matchup there. So and he's I available love, everywhere too. Yeah, that's true. I love the Cubs pitchers this weekend against the Rockies in Chicago. I mean, yeah. road Rockies is automatic. The Cubs starters have been really great during the second half. And I think I recommended Wade Miley last Sunday against the Giants, and he he did really well. He allowed one run in five innings. Has looked good since coming off the IL. He gets the Rockies on Saturday. Then Javier Assad uh, gets the Rockies on Sunday. He pitched a good game against the Mets this week. Has a two five three ERA uh, through four starts and one relief appearance since uh, his call up. So I would I would run those guys out there. They're available in over 90% of Yahoo leagues. I've stashed them in a couple of leagues already um, in case I need them this weekend. I think those are two must starts in pretty much any league this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm not blown away by Assad's stuff. Like I've watched a few of his starts, but he's getting the job done so far. And that is a pretty good matchup. I'm going to go with Ryan Nelson. On, I think this is on Sunday yeah, against the Padres. And he has been awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. 13 scoreless innings so far, 13 strikeouts, two walks, scattered six hits. Um, he was not really this dude in the minors, but he did come into the year as a top 100 prospect, at least at Baseball America, um, num yep. ranked number 96 there. Um, missed a ton of bats in 2021 between high A and double A, 163 strikeouts and 116 innings. Kind of stumbled at, at Reno. Uh, this summer, but yeah, since he's come up, he he dominated the Padres. I think that was a couple weeks ago. Was that last Monday, September fifth? Mm -hmm. Seven strikeouts over seven scoreless innings, and then faces the Dodgers the next start and goes six scoreless innings. Um, so he kind of looks like the real the real deal a little bit. The second round pick for the Diamondbacks um, yeah. in 2019, and man, I really kind of like this Diamondbacks team going into next year. Me too. They've, yeah. they've got some really nice pieces on there. Jake McCarthy is someone we didn't talk totally. about in this episode, but man, he has been incredible. He's kind I don't of know like, if I believe it, but yeah, 
He's kind of kept Corbin Carroll out of the lineup. Like Carroll does not yeah. start every day. Which, yeah. you know. And Carroll's been fine, man. Jonathan Aranda, too. Uh, we didn't talk about him when, when we did our September call-up show. But when he plays for the Rays, which he he's he sat the last two games and had to come off the bench. But um, I, I love his plate approach. He's kind of a guy without a position a little bit, like not a great defender. But the dude can flat-out hit, especially against right-handed pitching. Um, so, I don't know. He's, he's, he's kind of flew under the radar for me, but he's he's yeah. been great when he's in the lineup. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, if you're in, like, a daily a league where you can make some daily lineup changes, um, he could be useful. I, and, uh, be, like yeah. you were saying, the usage has been a little frustrating, but that's kind of what happens with the race sometimes. Jordan Groshans, too, am I saying that name right? I don't, I don't even know. If, yeah. Of the Marlins. Yeah, he hit his first Major League homer this evening and had three hits on Wednesday. Um, he was what, – what the Marlins got him for what? Zach Pop and Anthony Bass. Um, yeah. He was kind of a bust. From the Blue Jays, right? Yeah, and it was kind of a bust in their system. Like he was well-regarded um, in the early part of his pro career. Never really did anything for them. Then he goes to AAA Jacksonville and just like turns it on um, and seems to have added some power. A dude who like has a great plate approach, got on base a ton in the minors, just never really put up like big-time extra base hit totals. But – he could be interesting. He's a guy who's going to play every day down the stretch. Like I, you can feel confident in that at least. That the Marlins, who have, you know, had a lot of offensive issues over the years, yeah. uh, they might as well put him in there every day. And um, he could move up the lineup. He's a guy that could hit lead off with his OBP skills. Yeah, that Marlins lineup has been super disappointing. Uh, I think I saw something the other day that they might not have anybody top like fifty. Either 50 RBIs or 50 runs scored, something like that. But it's like really kind of incredible if that's even possible. I think it was RBI. Yeah, I saw that stat too. I mean, Jazz Chisholm's been hurt a lot of the year. Jorge yeah. Soler. Jorge Soler. Which I like that. I like that signing. I like yeah. both those signings. I like the Abisail Garcia and, and the Jorge Soler signings. I thought it would really lengthen that lineup, but it just nothing. Pretty much everything they've done on the offensive side just hasn't worked. Yeah, I mean, it's not really fair to Kim Ng, who I'm, like, rooting for big time, the first female GM in baseball or maybe even North American sports. Yeah. Uh, but she is, I mean, there's a reason Derek Jeter left, and I, I think it's because they didn't want to spend money on offense. Yeah, I mean, one of the players they wanted to sign was Nick Castellanos, or one of the players Jeter wanted to sign, but he's had a bad year with the Phillies. So yeah, like, that's oh. true. Yep. So he even knows, but... uh I mean, we'll see if the Marlins do anything this offseason. I don't know. I'm not optimistic about it. They might They might trade. <laughs> they can't, right? Man, Trevor Rogers has looked better, too. I, he I, has. I, I, man, and I, I, I kind of wanted to get him at a discount going into the next spring because I, I know he's had a, like some some stops and starts this year and had some stops and starts last year with like some yeah. – his parents got bad cases of COVID and were in the hospital. Uh, but he's he's turned it on to the point where he's going to be one of those industry sleepers too that everyone's talking about. Oh, look how strong he finished! You know, yeah, he'll yeah. be a popular late round yep. in mixed leagues totally. for sure. Um, I think that does it for this week. We'll probably do another uh, late season uh, headline strategy episode next week as the fantasy playoffs continue, uh, and then you know. Pretty soon it's going to be playoff time, and uh, I have some ideas for some fun, yeah, sweet concepts here as we as we get to the. I need to. Uh, we need a game three against Shelly in trivia. Oh, we're going to do that too. All right, we're, we we have a 
have a long off season head. We, we might actually do one about free agents. I think is the idea. I like that a lot. I like that. A so lot. a lot of good stuff to come. If you like what you're hearing with this show, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple podcasts, please rate and review. If you don't mind five stars, always appreciated. Follow us on Twitter. If you don't already, I'm at DJ short. True is at true. Silv. Take care, everyone. We will see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.